I'm David W. Berner, and this is The Writer's Shed. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Episode 16 of the Writer's Shed Podcast from Writer's Shed Press, an indie publisher just outside Chicago, with its offices, yes, inside an 8x10 writing shed on the property of its founder, me. Coming to you from the shed this afternoon, as we normally are, and uh, where we are back to teaching my university classes, too, in a workshop this semester, some remote, some in-person classes, all masked up. And what else is keeping me busy? How about Writer Shed Stories, our yearly volume of fiction and essays and poetry due out October 15th, and we are very excited about this. Next podcast, we'll have some of the writers reading from their works in that new edition, the new edition entitled Second Thoughts. Looking forward to that publication. I hope we get a chance to read it. Look forward to that. Today, however, a real pleasure to have a real gentleman. I met a few years ago a wonderful writer and a deep thinker and a lovely man, Colm Holland, the author of The Secret of the Alchemist. In it, Colm reveals the story of his encounter with Paulo Coelho, the famed author of The Alchemist, and how discovering the secret in Paulo's novel gave him the insights to his own creativity and certainly his personal life. It's quite a story. He's doing wonderful things these days. In fact, a year ago, we informally made a pact to someday meet on the Camino de Santiago, the way of St. James. Maybe one day that will actually happen. Today, though, we want to talk about Colm's work in alchemy and his great book. So, Colm, I haven't seen you in a while, and it's great to see you. We're looking at each other on a video screens here for those of us listening in audio. So you're in Spain, which is one of my favorite places in the world. I'm really glad that you joined us. Thank you for having me, David, and it's always great to catch up with you. We shouldn't let it go this long again. We, no, uh, no. We I should do we, this more regularly. Writers unite, I say. So. Yeah, I agree with that. So I wanted to talk not only about your book, but some of the other things that you're doing that are connected to the book, which I think has really sparked my interest in why you're on the show today. Um, yeah, but l- let's start with your book, um, The Secret of the Alchemist. You know, so many of us have read and so many of us have know about at least The Alchemist because it's, I think, next to the Bible, it's the only other book that's, you know, been read more. Maybe Harry Potter's up there, too. But um, uh, Paulo Coelho's book is uh, still selling, what, a billion copies now or something? Isn't that something? Oh, yeah. A large amount. Yeah, <laughs> hundreds of really, billions. It's yes. insanity. Um, but you wrote a book that is really considered to be a companion to that book because it helps us to sort of understand in a lot of ways uh, all the deeper, um, complex, interesting levels of that book. So first of all, can you tell us a little bit about your book and how that connection is made first in terms of the writing, you know, in terms of why you wrote the book, but then your personal connection too with Paula, which is really interesting. Yeah, I'm asked. Can I start with the second because it kind of leads. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, whatever, whatever. So, so really, really briefly, 1993. For those of you that were around in 1993, Mm -hmm. um, I was a publisher, and I was the publisher of uh, Paolo's book in Australia. So I was looking after his work in Australia, amongst lots of other authors, and um, my connection to Paolo was that. For better or for worse, I was the first person in our publishing company who decided 
this was going to actually be a mega bestseller. Mm. Up to that point, nobody had made that prediction. Um, I made the prediction, and as it turns out, the rest is history, as they say. It, it is up there with Harry Potter. It's up there with the Da Vinci Code. Those are the top three. And then now The Alchemist. Those are the mm. top three best-selling books of any living author at this moment in time. And so Paolo wanted to thank me. And without going into too much detail, uh, he said, the way I want to thank you, Colin, is I'm going to spend a day doing my alchemy magic just for you. I'm going to do my magician thing. And in Brazil, where he comes from, of course, his nickname is the, is the, the magician. Yeah. Um, the wizard, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yes. So um, I thought, well, that's great. You know, I'm, I'm humbled, privileged. Thanks, Paolo. I don't know what that means. I wouldn't have a clue. Um, <laughs> and then stuff began to happen. This is the, as I call it, my wife and I, you know, we, say, we call this the spooky bit. Um, so I don't know how many of your listeners are into spooky, but um when it actually happens to you, when things begin to manifest, especially things that you want to see happen, begin to formulate in front of you and in your life, then you know exactly what I'm talking about, because that's what happened to me. So in the months and years following my encounter, if you like, when Paolo said he'd done his magic for me, my life took off. I was at a particular stage in my own transformational journey, mm -hmm. by which I mean um, that place where I'm constantly wanting to be my true self, where I'm trying to get rid of the personas that that aren't really me, and, and I'm just trying to be the real me. Yeah, the I'm authenticity, to... right? The authenticity, <laughs> yeah. The authenticity. And what I discovered was the more I sought to be the real me, the more I was able to uh, perform quite staggering feats and achievements that I had, that had laid dormant for a long time. And with, within a very short space of time, I realized what I really wanted at that moment back in 1993 was to start my own business. And within two years, I had the largest digital agency in Australia. Uh, mm. That was my wow. dream. Yeah. Um, I've done a lot of transformational work in, in the sense of, of trying to deal with emotional blockages along the way. And, and um, I, the point that I met Paolo, that was the point at which it was as though the final door was open and I was able actually to manifest the very things that I, that I wanted to do. So, so the, the, the alchemy that he spoke of, the magicianship that he spoke of, really was about sort of going inside though it wasn't something that happened to you it was sort of like i'm going to go inside and find it right is that what we're talking about yeah sadly um paolo is not the kind of guy to explain things <laughs> yeah i get that yeah well even his his books are sort of like right on the edge of explaining you know what i mean they're right there but they're not really telling you in black and white He'll take you. He'll take you to the point, and then he'll let you and the universe sort out the rest. Exactly. Yeah. So my. So it was uh, nearly thirty years before I wrote my book. Just it was released last August last year during COVID, actually. Um, but it took me all of that time to really finally nail down 
what the real essence of Paolo's book, The Alchemist, is all about. So for those that are listening that, that want to know, um, don't want to spoiler, um, close your ears, because I'm actually going to tell everybody, you know, or you could read my book. Anyway, listen, I'll tell you what it is. Sure. <laughs> there is a thing called um, alchemy. And the reason the book, is, his book is called The Alchemist is because it really is a handbook on inner alchemy. So what is inner alchemy? Inner alchemy, I've discovered, is when we are prepared to look at what the alchemists called the lead in our lives and turn it into gold. Mm. So the lead in our lives are those things that we don't value, the things that we despise, the things that we inwardly look down upon, we might even be ashamed of, the things that we don't want other people to know about us, the things that probably hold us back from really being brave enough to be our real self in the world and in the relationships around us. And that's what I discovered when I read The Alchemist by Paolo Keller. This is really what this book is all about. And then Paolo goes to the next level, and I explain in my book, is that the ancient principles of alchemy, the ones that go back almost 4,000 years, are actually still relevant today if we want to transform ourselves and our emotions and our feelings and uh, uh, just a basic point of view. And it is a process and it is uh, called the alchemical process. Uh, it can, you can use the metaphor of a laboratory. So if you think about what the alchemists were doing to turn lead into gold, that can easily be, be um, seen as a, as a metaphor for the inner transformation from lead into gold. So facing the dark side, embracing the things that we don't like about ourselves and that we would rather be hidden, traumas, abuse we may have suffered, abuse we may have committed. I mean, our deepest, darkest right. secrets. Yeah. This is called the black phase for an obvious reason in the alchemy process. So just facing those parts of ourselves, being prepared not just to face them, but then, as I explain in my book, to bring in the secret ingredient of alchemy, which I, I'm one of the few people who sort of really named this, which is, I think, why people love my book, is that to try and embrace those parts of ourselves on our own is not impossible. Well, it was for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I struggle for years trying to face sure. those parts of myself. So what well, I do. But that's is, not unusual for so many of us, really. I mean, you know, in, in all levels, it can be very, very traumatic or really difficult, or it can be something that just annoys us. But it's something that, um, you know, it's very difficult for many of us to sort of embrace rather than push away the bad yeah. stuff. That's the, That to me is the hardest part. And your book kind of helps us understand that. There is a secret ingredient, and I call that ingredient love with a capital L. The ancient alchemists called it prima materia. Um, that's a little bit obtuse for most people, but almost everybody can understand what real love looks like. Mm -hmm. They may not know it. We may not actually know that love in those parts of ourselves that we despise. 
But what I discovered was, and I think this is what Paolo did for me. I kind of had to work out what that magic was that he did. But um, mm. I've, over years, I'm talking 20 odd years, David. I mean, this was not overnight. Sure. I've managed to perfect a means by which I'm able to go into my own unconscious self, which is where Carl Jung says um, the dark side lives. Mm. Um, it controls us. And if we can identify it, embrace it, and then invite love to help us visit that part of ourselves, it will set us free. So it doesn't go away. It doesn't um, suddenly become uh, all you know, loving and no pain and no wounds. And, and, and uh, But those wounds and that pain will still live there. But now we're facing them, we're embracing them, we're surrounding them with love, and then they become the gold. They yeah, it's that transformation, the, right? It's the treasure. Transformation. That's the transformation. Yeah, yeah so, it, it's not, you know, I think so many times many of us, and you you actually um, center on this a little bit in your book, is that uh, many of us try to push that away and hide it and think that's the answer. Think sure. that if we just keep pushing this away or try to forget about it or try to ignore it, it will all go away and I can live the life I want to live or I can find the peace I want to find or whatever. But the actual opposite is the thing, right? The actual saying, I know what that is. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to hold it close. And then I'm going to change it. I'm going to transform it. That's the that's the difference, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Let's just think about what change means. So for me, that, that word change in that context doesn't mean that I'm going to suddenly not feel those things anymore. I will still feel them, but instead of fearing them, yeah. this is where the seat of the majority of our fit. Because I've invited love to empower me to, to love that part of myself, what I discover is that just slowly and in a very organic and natural way, I'm able to, to hold those places in myself, whether the places that I call my inner vulnerability, I'm able to hold that, that vulnerability and, and not despise it. And the more I seem to hold that vulnerability, the more I find I'm able to love others and function more positively in life. Yeah. And so for me, I have this phrase is that love needs a home in each of us. It needs to live somewhere. Where's it going to live? Or well, love needs to live, in my experience, in that place of vulnerability. If we can let love in there, then that's when the transformation. Is. So it's not about me being strong. It's not about me being more disciplined. It's not about me changing my habits. It's not about me going to, to the counselor every week, week after week, for years after years after years. Um, it's just about inviting love in to help me face those parts that you say most of us just want to push away. Right. And I, I also think too, and you, I think you touch on this too, is that, um, you know, you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable to let love in though. That's the trick. And a lot of people don't want to do that. That's Absolutely. really difficult for some people to do. Um, you know, and especially in our society where we're, we're supposed to be at 110% all the time. Um, and we're, at least we're, you know, assumed even our, in our own minds, we assume that that's the way we're supposed to be. So it's very difficult to be vulnerable and accept that as part of the human, you know, experience. Um, that's, that's difficult. So let me ask you this, 
not only are these things, you know, really good and, and really helpful to a lot of us to kind of rethink where we are. Um, and there's a part of, I'm sure some of our listeners are going, okay, we're talking about magicians. We're talking about, you know, tricky stuff. We're talking about emotions. This is all getting too, you know, way out there for me. It's really not um, because a lot of what you're talking about shows up in, in so many different religions, so many different uh, spiritual values and, and experiences. It's not something, it's not just this one thing over here. It's sort of connected to a lot of other things. So it's, it's not that weird, you know, it's not, it's not at all. But I wonder in the creative life, in your creative life too, in writing, has that helped you sort of break through too, to get to that sweet spot, if you will? Yes. I mean, one of the things that all really many religions and many cultures have done, of course, is to mythologize that transformational process. Yeah. Um, and if you think about Joseph Campbell, who advised George Lucas on Star Wars, he said that he'd identified, he was a student of mythology, um, and he'd identified one real core mythology that seems to run through most of them, and that's the hero's journey. Yeah. The hero's journey is about facing the trials, overcoming them, getting help, finding the treasure, and then going back to the place where you first started and taking that treasure with you. And if you're going to, when I'm writing, when I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of a screen treatment at the moment, I'll tell you about that sometime. Right. Um, I've got a, just finished the second book. I've got some other stuff going on. Always the thing that I'm looking for in my own creativity is um, does this resonate with my own inner journey? In other words, if I, if it resonates with me, then nine times out of 10, anyone who's going to read my work, anyone who's going to see my productions, whatever it is that there happens to be my form of creativity, it will also resonate with them because professor Carl Jung, who was also a big influence on Paolo's, writing of the alchemist. I mean, he said this, is that not only do we have our own unconscious, which is where the hero lives, right. but we also have, we are connected through the collective unconscious. And the collective unconscious always recognizes the hero's journey. And the, the marvelous thing about the hero's journey is that we can all take it and it will be unique to us. We will have our unique challenges. We will have our unique treasure to discover along the way. But it is a path that is well-trodden. And for anyone who's brave enough to take it and to come out of your shell and to actually be creative and be the person that you, you really are, all the power, said Paolo, all the power of the universe will come to your aid. When you take that first step, yeah, that is your destiny. That is your hero's journey. Um, and, and that's what motivates me in all my work and in the work that I do with individuals. So uh, one of the things that's been happening since my book was published. Yeah, is that people have been. Let's talk yeah, about people, sure. Yeah. The, yeah people have been contacting first. me. Right. People are saying, calm. Um, I'm already a therapist in many cases. I'm already you know, practicing lots of uh, particular mod modalities of healing and so on. But there's just this one thing. 
Mm. I just know there's this one bit that's stuck and uh, I just can't, you know, I don't even know what it is. Can you help me? Because it looks like, you know, that's what happened to you. And I say, yeah, that is what, what happened to me. And so I've learned this technique that I used to use and still do on myself, which I encourage other people to use and I teach them how to do it, where together we can find, with the help of love, and the love I'm talking about is unconditional love that accepts every bit of us, mm -hmm. um, we're, we're able to find that place. And together we are able to do the kind of magic <laughs> Here we go again. That Paolo said he did for me. Yeah. We're able to to use that 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 power of unconditional love uh, to shift that one thing, whatever that one thing might be. Um, so to help people understand all of this that I'm discussing, I've also started an online school, a virtual school which you can run in your uh, study in your own time. It's called the School of Alchemy Transformation. Dot com and um, in that there are lots of modules lots of lessons videos other students we meet once a month and we all share our stories uh, it's a, a good group of great group of people some young some older uh, but together we're taking that journey that hero's journey together and um, finding the treasure together yeah, it sounds as if, uh, you know, this is individual work that you have to do ultimately, right? But oh, yeah. when you can do it, you know, with holding somebody's hand, um, just like anything else through life, really, it's a, it's, it's a different kind of journey, and it's a, probably a better one, right? It is, absolutely. And the greatest moment of that journey is when we're able to let go. Yeah and let go of, of that handhold and know that we're still there. Um, but there's nothing nothing weak about needing to hold on to someone just for, just for a while, just yeah. to get through. Right. Um, I, I still need it. Really. Sure. I, obviously, many times I still need it. Um, and the students in the school, um, one of the things that they're able to go on to is to learn how to become what we're calling an alchemy practitioner, where you too can help other people to move through that final stage of, of having held on to somebody else, that then eventually being able to let go and find that power of unconditional love in your own vulnerability as well. well so. you, know, you know that I liked your book. We've talked about it before. I loved your book, The Secret of the Alchemist, and, and I'm a fan of Paulo Coelho. Um, I just reread the hippie the other day, which I really oh yeah, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but tell me, you just said you were working on something else—a book, another book—is that uh, related to the same topics? Um, yeah, I'm, um, it's a book, and it's uh, hopefully a mini series. Um, somebody's asked me to create a treatment for it. Um, it, it just off the cuff. One of my relatives—I'm Irish, Irish, by the way. Right. Um, um, one, of, one of my relatives um, invented the first submarine in New York. I think you told me that once before. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I know. Okay. And I just kind of, I've known this for years and I've, and I've bought the books and, and, you know, okay, building a submarine, pretty boring. But um, gradually over the last year, I've been looking more and more into the individual, the guy himself, whose name was John, John Holland, um, mm -hmm. Colin Holland, John Holland. Right. And um, 
he was a real hero. Mm. And he went through this amazing transformational journey. Um, somebody who was a pacifist created the, the weapon that would kill thousands, hundreds of thousands of people through two world wars. But the thing I realized is that, that nuclear submarines today are probably the thing that holds the balance of power that mm. stops us from all going crazy. Um, so trying to make sense of that journey from one man's point of view from childhood right through to producing this incredible um, uh, deterrent uh, has always fascinated me. Anyway, I was telling somebody recently and they said, we want the book, Colin, can we have the book, please? Uh, can we, Very good. Can we get the can we get the movie treatment? So like, okay. Good for you. Uh, That's awesome. I'm we'll give it so a happy to hear that. So happy to hear that. So the workshops are going, um, the book is going, the treatment is going, uh, you seem to be going strong. And I think we have a standing uh, agreement that someday we'll walk to St. James in, uh, in, uh, in Spain one of these days <laughs> before we all leave this earth. So before my knees give up. Yes, let's do yeah. it. <laughs> Um, but some people cycle it, so maybe that's a, another yeah. another option. Well, I uh, wow, that's a, I hadn't thought about that. People doing that now they're they're doing yeah, the uh, the some uh, people cycle it. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's special. All right, okay. well, Colum, it was always a treat. It's so good to see you. I'm glad you're doing well. You too, David. Um, and uh, good luck with everything you're doing, and look forward to the next book. Thanks, thanks, David, and blessings to you and all your marvelous creative work as well. That's it for this episode of the Rider Shed Podcast, episode 16. Please download past episodes, subscribe, and get all the podcasts every two weeks. All this can be found wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Stitcher, and the rest. And join us next time for the Writers in the new volume of the Rider Shed Stories, Volume 3, Second Thoughts. Our music is from iRay Music Production and Interviews, produced in the Shed. Thanks for listening.